Welcome to the Tim Fowler Show, where production is paramount and we discuss the tools, time, and people associated with getting jobs done and making a profit. On today's episode of the Tim Fowler Show, we will be talking about managing change orders with the help of Brad Hogan of Hogan Design and Construction in Geneva, Illinois. Alongside Tim Fowler, I'm your co-host Steve Wheeler. Here is the Tim Fowler Show. Hi everyone, I'm Tim Fowler and welcome to the Tim Fowler Show. Today we're going to be talking about chain orders and one of the eternal truths of construction is that chain orders are either going to cost you money or they're going to make you money. The great thing about it is you get to choose. So that's what we want to talk about today, how to make the right choice. How do you choose that when you end up with a change, then you will be able to make money? Now. I've had clients in the past tell me, oh, we're not gonna have any changes. And that's kind of like saying there will never be snow in New England. It just isn't gonna happen. There's going to be changes on jobs unless it's so small that every little thing has been decided and there really isn't any opportunity to change it. So we're gonna be talking with Brad Hogan about this in just a minute. And uh, he's gonna share some things with us about what they do to make sure that they make money and capture all the changes. In my experience, the miscommunication around change orders is what is usually the problem. It's not usually the price, it's not usually uh, the actual work, but it's the miscommunication that ends up being around these things. And so for me, a big part of it is get the communication right and you're almost always gonna win. When we get it wrong, we end up with confusion with the client, disagreements, arguments, and sometimes an all-out verbal war. And so the way I respond to that is if you fight with a client, you lose. And so we want to be able to have a change order process where there isn't any way that we're actually fighting with a client. So in just a minute, we'll be talking with Brad, find out how to succeed with change order. Tim, for me, this was... uh... The true erosion of profits when I had my business. And, you know, I, there was there's so many different parts of managing the change orders in the beginning. Uh, and then obviously the communication throughout the project. You know, what's your experience of, you know, fighting the battle of, of change orders and then, you know, getting a system around that? Well, there's two things that that mostly create a problem for people in terms of money and changes. Number one they don't get paid for them for a lot of different reasons. And if you look at it, uh, clients will send spend up to 20% of the original contract price in changes. And if you don't collect money for those, you're already in the hole. The other mistake that many, many people make is they don't charge enough or they don't charge the right markup for a change order. And therefore, after X amount or X percentage that's added to the job, the margin that you're supposed to make on that job absolutely deteriorates into something that's non-functional uh, for the company. And the detail up front gets you away from the, this should have been included or we missed something and, and that. Yes, it does. The detail up front uh, makes a big difference, but even in the best 
specified job. There's going to be something that the client sees, wants, and perhaps it's just an existing condition or some kind of damage that nobody could see. So they're going to be there. We just need to gear up and make sure we're ready to face them. So Tim, I'm excited to bring on Brad Hogan. Brad Hogan is the production manager for Hogan Design and Construction, a full-service design-build firm in Geneva, Illinois. Geneva is located 45 miles west of Chicago. Hogan Design and Construction works on both commercial and residential remodels. Brad started with the company in August of 2002 and came on board as a laborer. He worked his way up the ranks as a carpenter, head carpenter, project manager, and eventually took on the role as production manager in 2011. Since that time, Brad developed, changed, and implemented the systems that have made Hogan Design and Construction into the premier remodeling customer in west suburbs of Chicago. Welcome to the show, Brad. Hey, guys. Thanks a lot for having me. Hey, Brad. It's great to have you on board here. Uh, This is such an incredibly important uh, topic And I know you'll have a lot of great, great stuff to share with us. So just in a a nutshell, um, when did you realize that you really needed to put something in place that would capture your change orders and actually make you some money on it? What what was the aha moment? So for me, the, uh, the, the, when I moved into project management role, I was going over an electrical scope with one of our customers and they ended up adding a bunch of different things, but we didn't really have any kind of process in in place for it. And so the electrician came out, he did his thing. And then when the time to settle up on the the additional work that they had added, they disagreed and it was just a long drawn out argument. And eventually we ended up giving away quite a bit of the, 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 uh, the money that we should have gotten from it because there was no process in place. So what did you do? I mean, was this like, like, uh, I've got to go back to the office and, and sit down and work this out? Or how did you end up uh, coming to grips with it and actually putting something in place? And, and what did you put in place? Well, I wish that I could say that I did it all in one big <laughs> had a, a great system right after that happened. But it, it took a, it was a process and it took me a, took me some time to get there. But uh, we did we did end up establishing a process and, and really um, going to what you guys were saying before the the, uh, the key is the, the first part is the contract. You have to really spell out what is and is not included in the contract. And in our, in our contract, we actually have a line um, at the bottom that we make them initial separately that says, you know, throughout the course of the estimating, there's been a lot of items that have been discussed. All the work that is included in this contract is listed above. If it is not mentioned above, it is not included. And so this was kind of a key element to our contract so that people were aware that if something changes that's not listed, it's going to come through a change order. That's really, really cool because of the fact that it's a separate line item. In other words, I know a lot of companies will say that to a client. It'll be a verbal thing, and it might even be in the contract, but by having them initial that separate, it really draws attention to it and and certainly gives you a point to go back to later on if you have to have that discussion with the client. Yeah, absolutely. That, 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 that's, that's why we put it in place, just because it was something that there was too many times where it was miscommunicated and we, the communication is the key on any successful uh, remodeling job. So, Yeah, that's, that's really huge. So give us a little rundown on how the communication works for your company 
Uh, if a client, let, let's just go with any any kind of change order, whether it's an existing condition or a client, you know, driven. I want to add X, Y, or Z. What, what's the what's the communication chain? So it, the way that our company is set up is, is every project has a project manager who is the customer's main contact, and so any kind of change goes through them, and it's it's made clear at the contract signing that this is the person that you'll be talking to. And I mean, that change can be anything from something like you said, like an existing condition, something that's driven by the customer, or even as simple as a paint, paint color change. And in that case, it would be a no charge change order, but it would be something that is documented through, through our system. So that way it's crystal clear that, you know, there was a change. This is what it was supposed to be. This is what it's going to be now. Um, and the communication is done entirely by the, the pr project manager from start to finish on any kind of change. And do, do they do all the, the dollars and cents and the calculating and all that kind of stuff? They, they do it, with our system. They, it's anything under $5,000. They have, they have the, uh, they have the authority to make those decisions. Anything wow. more than that, then I do want to see it. So then it does come back to me. I just cross it to make sure that, you know, all of their, all of their numbers are correct. And then they would send it out. That seems like a pretty high threshold. Um, how did how did you get to the point where you realized, yeah, they can do that? Because a lot of companies wouldn't trust their project manager or their lead carpenter with five thousand dollars like that. Fortunately, we we the way that we're set up is, is there's a lot of trust in our guys, and and there's kind of there's there's a redundancy in our system, especially when it comes to change orders, because we use builder trends, and so before they're released, I'm able to see them. So if there's anything that stands out where I'm like, wait a minute, this doesn't add up. I can, I can get back to them before it goes out to the customer. But okay. like I said, it's not required for me to review it unless if it's more than that. So, wow. So I, I know we're not here to sell builder trend, but just <laughs> in a, in a nutshell, um, what does that cloud-based system do for you in terms of your changes that, that makes it useful? It's actually every bit of it is our whole system is based on the builder trend. So when, um, when the, when the change order is actually before it's sent out, the, the items that we have, we cover on every change order are, um, the additional scope or the change in scope, the additional, um, costs associated with the new scope or yep. credits for that. Yeah. Um, the amount of time, uh, that it could add or subtract from the project. And then yep. the, the last thing is, is is when payment would be due. And so all of that's broken down in Builder Trend in the change order when it's sent out. And then in our own personal um, notes or private notes that the customer doesn't see, it actually gives our breakdown of costs. So okay. it, it can go right into our budget sheets very easily from there. Oh, that's amazing. That's fantastic. Now, do you guys charge any kind of administration fee just for the time that it takes to, to create, to do all this, or is that kind of figured into your, your cost to the client? And again, and the other thing, I guess, like I said, in my early introduction was, do you guys charge the same markup for your change orders as you do for the rest of your contracts? There was a time that we did, but now we actually charge uh, a higher markup on change orders and higher, a higher, a higher markup. Yeah, that's correct. The higher markup on our change orders than our and, and why? Why do you do that? There's a lot. Like there's a lot that goes into a change order, so it, it it affects so many different things. Like 
we have we have our schedules for all of our jobs going and if something changes on one job it literally hurts it changes every other job because this ships and this ships and this ships and so if we're charging the same we're actually losing money on it and so we we have to charge more it has to be more one point and the customers are actually kind of aware of that that change orders cause a, a ripple effect in every job that we're doing and so that's part that that's the biggest reason why we why we charge more for change orders so, Brad, in the beginning, uh, do you do anything to deter change orders? And, you know, has there, has, have things changed a ripple effect in, in how you write out the scope? How have things improved as you've improved the change order process? So our scopes have gotten considerably better from, from the get-go. Uh, when I first took over, our scopes were very vague. Um, it was, you know, electric work to code which you know as you know that <laughs> yeah. me a lot of there's some gray area and there. So, <laughs> yeah and so so we we obviously like now i mean literally we're spelling out how many outlets and how many switches and and locations and everything is kind of spelled out on the scope so um we did we did make a lot of changes with the scope detail because that's really i mean that's where everything starts and yeah. so um yeah and then, that's, and yeah. then what about the customer up front doing anything to deter them. I mean, you know, you want them to have the project that they want, but is there anything up front that you do? Um, you know, any type of, uh, you know, you get three change orders and then we charge. How do you do that? Honestly, we don't deter people from doing change orders. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, we, because we, you know, we're making money on them. So there, there was a time where it was frustrating and when we were losing money, we didn't want them to do it, but now with our new systems in place, we we obviously we don't want a bunch of change orders if the customer doesn't want it. And you can usually feel that out from a customer. You know, we don't really want to change this and that. But like Tim said at the beginning, inevitably things change. Yep. You know, the wall goes up and they change locations of this and locations of that. So it's it's uh, we don't really deter them, um, but we do want it spelled out very clear to them how it's going to affect things and, and and how things will proceed when that when it happens. So you said that the client is kind of aware that they're disrupting the entire process or that, that a change order does that. How, how, how do you get them to understand that? What, what in your process helps them understand that they're going to pay a little, I mean, pay a little bit of a premium for a change order. It, it actually goes right from the, right from the beginning. That first, the first meeting um, when the job is actually handed off to the project manager, Okay. They they explain kind of how they build their schedules and how um, they have deadlines and when they want to finish a job by a deadline, it's because their next job is starting and and basically we explain you know another job starting and us pushing into that job it's going to affect everything that we're doing and right. so that's why we really try to spell out that scope to make it clear and that if there's changes it is going to cost a little bit more to do it and. Most, I, we, it's pretty rare that we have a customer who doesn't understand that. Cause yeah. I mean, it's timelines, it's, it's deadlines. They understand. Yeah. That, so one of the things I'm trying to get companies to do as I travel around and do consulting is to get the job manager and in your case, it's a project manager and other companies, it'll be a lead carpenter to actually talk with the client during that pre-construction or that handoff to the client. Talk, let them talk directly to the client about changes. Cause I think that's one of the places where the communication really is a barrier so that when the client is forced to look at a change order, it's not the first time the job manager and the client have talked about it. 
And it just strikes me that if they've talked about it up front, everybody understands those things. And then it's much easier to talk about it when it actually happens. Yeah, I would agree with that. And our, and our project managers, they are so used to dealing with changes and, and change orders that they're very fluent with that very early on. They, they, you know, we actually, we actually, if we can, we try to do our first change order as a credit to get the customers really? comfortable with it. Oh, is yeah, that right? If they, if, they can, if they do a credit first, they're like, oh, this is nice. And then when they, you, they start getting <laughs> charged additional, they're like, oh, they're not even paying attention anymore. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's funny. So how much time does it take for uh, a change order typically to get processed from the time that, again, whatever it is, the client wants something or there's rot in the wall or something like that. What's the turnaround time on these things for you guys? We usually try to have them done within 24 hours. Um, really? Yeah. It, it, I mean, if, it, if, it's, if it's a larger scale thing, like if it gets over that 5,000 threshold, usually those, that, those, those are somewhere in the 48 to 72 hour period. Okay. But we're usually trying to get them, we're trying to get them turned around pretty quickly. Um, there's also going to be situations where obviously we don't have, we don't have five minutes to make this decision. And so uh, when, when that comes up, um, while we prefer having everything go through Builder Trend and have approvals through there, we will uh, take approvals through either email or text, never verbal oh, okay. and never over the phone, so that we have some sort of uh, track record for it. So, so how, how, how do you actually make it happen? Or, or I guess maybe what the question is, why you work so hard to make it get done in 24 hours? It, it seems like most of our requests are coming usually when something happens. Oh, okay. So if it's, you know, like something, the wall goes up and they're, they're saying, you know what, we want to change this and that, how much is this going to cost? Okay. And we don't have time to wait. So we want to get the pricing over to them as quickly as possible. Now, if okay. this were to happen on a very early on, you know, before we even start something, then we, we do give them a little bit more time. But usually it seems like when, when changes are coming, it's because something they want to change something they've seen. And so you will, you will accept uh, a, a text or an email as an approval if you're in a bind and you're in a hurry and you can't, can't get it entered into, into Builder Trend or some other reason why you can't do that. Yes, yeah, so it, it's kind of a last resort, but I mean, we've, we've had customers say, you know, I just talked to you on the phone and I said yes and I said that I understand, you know, my project manager, we understand that, but we need a written <laughs> response from you. So here, right. here, please, you know, and so they will, they're, they're, they're comfortable doing that. And so when do you, uh, you mentioned earlier, you know, collection of the fee, when, when's that going to be due? When do you typically collect payment for your change orders? Most of the time it's on the next scheduled payment. That's how we do okay. it. Okay. Um, there's, there's certain situations where we will request it up, upon approval. Um, but typically we're doing it on the next scheduled payment. So it's coming up at, at some draw that's coming up down the road. Exactly. Okay, cool. Now, Brad, so, do you, uh, before the project starts, uh, Tim mentioned rot in the wall, or, you know, sometimes it's the Cadillac-sized boulder when you start digging. Do you do <laughs> um, some preliminary construction, removing a section of wall, or do you deal with clauses up front to... Uh, kind of let the customer know that we we suspect there could be something wrong and this is what it might cost or this is what it could add. How do you do that? 
we will we will do more more of a clause it's less of a contingency more of a this is kind of what we think could happen here mm-hmm. and this is we usually give them sort of a range on what it, what it's going to cost okay just so that they're aware of it and and it's you know i mean we we again with communication we try to make it as clear as possible that we won't know until we get into it but this is kind of what we think it might be and most most customers are comfortable with that so let's talk about a little bit different change order, if you will. What, how do you keep your subcontractors from doing work without a written change or, or do you, I guess maybe I should ask, do you make them get a written change? I'm assuming you do. If you make your clients sign, probably your subs have to have a signed one as well. But how do you keep them from just going ahead and doing work and then sending you a bill later on for the extra work? So we this has been a struggle from for a long time, and we actually about a year ago we revised our contract to with our subcontractors to basically spell it out that if that our customers are not their customers, we're okay. their customers, and so the only person who has any authority on their job site to tell you to do additional work is the project manager, right. and so if you decide to do work outside of that scope that the project manager has not approved, we're not going to pay you for it. And they, they all sign it. And I got to tell you that we've only had it happen a couple of times, but when they don't get paid for work that they did, they don't do it a second time. So the next <laughs> time they're at a job site, they're not going to do the work without talking to the project manager. So, have, have, have any of those occasions, they've just stopped working with you because they got so mad they, they didn't want to work with you anymore? We have not, we have not had that happen. Every okay. single time it's, it's come up. I've, I've been the one that dealt with them. And I said, you know, you signed this. It said <laughs> that if you're going to do work outside of that scope, we're not going to pay you. And they're like, yeah, you're right. We shouldn't have done it. You know, we were just, we were in a hurry and we should have talked to them. So they, they always the reason, but they usually understand that they have agreed to that. So, and, and gosh, Brad, you sound like such a nice guy though. You wouldn't do that. Would you? <laughs> I've only had to do it twice. I don't, I don't really <laughs> like doing it, but I, I have had to do it a couple of yeah, I think that's a, I mean, there is a point at which some, the money has to talk and, uh, exactly. and it, it is one way that you get people to pay attention. It, it doesn't change behavior. They change their own behavior, but at least you can get them to pay attention by having something like that. So as we start Absolutely. to, as we start to wind this down, Brad, maybe, uh, some last little nuggets of wisdom, maybe for people who are thinking about, Hey, we can't do that, or that sounds like it's too hard, or, or uh, how do we make this work? Maybe some last words of wisdom. Well, there's two things. First off, creating a change order system is uh, is kind of a one step at a, at a time thing. So you have to you have to kind of eat, address each step as you go. If you look at it as a big picture, it is overwhelming. There's a lot to it. So right. you start with making sure that your contract is spelled out real clear and that there's a change order system in place for that. Right, And then my other thing would be communication. Just talk to your customers and make sure that they're aware of how change orders work. And, you know, that once they're comfortable with it, you're going you're gonna to get paid on it. Sounds great. Thank you. Well, once again, Brad, thank you for joining us on the show today. And we want, want to welcome you back again in the future. So thank you. And we'll uh, look forward to speaking with you soon. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Take care, guys. So, Tim, another uh Great show. What was uh, what did you take away from today's show? Oh, there's so many cool things for change orders. Um, just the fact that they're charging a higher markup because mm-hmm. it 
consumes so much energy and disrupts uh, the flow of jobs is is just amazingly. Uh, I don't know how many. I don't know how to describe it. It's just incredible that they're doing it. So many companies miss the fact that you don't have to focus on just the cost times your markup because it impacts so many other things down the line. So getting a higher markup was a big thing today. There seems to also be a trend, and I think we talked about it on the zero punch list of doing things a certain way. And an unforeseen part of the project or something that you feel you missed, you take it on the chin. And taking it on the chin is a loss of profits. So Yeah, that's, these, that's really true. Yeah, and these are the types of things that just put in place they can save, I mean, an incredible amount of money. I think I have a college education out there on the streets from <laughs> missed change orders. But um, yeah. no, it, it can really um, you know, deplete the, the profitability. And you're, you're working so hard, it, it's, it's hard to stomach sometimes. So one of the things, getting back to that communication thing, one of the things that, that can be done with clients is help them understand with that very verbiage. In other words, saying things like, for example, we may run into a pipe in the wall. Mm -hmm. Instead of just assuming that everybody knows that a pipe in the wall is a change order, if either in the sales process or that pre-construction process, somebody verbally says it, it alerts the client to the fact that it's not in the contract and it becomes a change. So sometimes that communication up front is really the key to whether a client's going to take it later on uh, as well as they could. Well, yeah, and that just adds to the, not just the profitability, but on time, on budget, happy customer. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So once again, we want to thank Brad Hogan for joining us on the show today. And thank you for listening to The Tim Fowler Show. And remember, we're helping the bottom line through production training. This has been another episode of The Tim Fowler Show. Want to hire Tim and fast track your growth? Visit remodelersadvantage.com consulting to learn more. And if you'd like more information about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program, please send me an email at steve at remodelersadvantage.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.